Welcome into the Dead Arm Sports Podcast. We are coming at you on Thursday, January 20th. It's a couple weeks out from February already. This year is cruising by. Josh and Jell in the house today. How are you Asa, doing, Jell? dude? How's it going? Muy bueno, mi amigo. Nice. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Halfway through the work week, we are recording on Wednesday evening, the 19th. have a big episode for you today. Got some... College basketball news, going to dabble in some NFL news that's not relevant to the playoffs, but uh, interesting story nonetheless. Then on today's episode, we're actually going to go through each of the open coaching positions in the NFL, and each of us are going to give our take on who we think is a good fit and the perfect hire for that position. But before we do, Jell, why don't you tell everybody what you're sipping on today? Like I said last uh, on our last recording, I was getting a little jealous of your your bush light inventory, so I had to stock up myself, and that is what I'm sticking with right now. Little nice. little lots of that. Absolutely, damn Gotta skippy. Go, blue smoothies go down smooth. That is for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm I'm already uh, part way through this one, so I'll need a refill in a in a at some point here. But luckily, <laughs> like I've got it. a backup next to me. Had a boy. Always come prepared. I like it. <laughs> I am back to an old favorite today. It was a long work day today, so I needed something a little bit heavier than a light beer. So back to the old uh, Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. So Daddy. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So well, Still little winter. breakfast beer to start us off. <laughs> right. Or oh, not breakfast beer, uh dessert beer. Dessert beer, yeah. Opposite. I was say it. <laughs> Have a breakfast hey, like wrong, that on a nice ice stomach. Cream for breakfast, all right. Yeah, that'll ruin the rest of your day with a nice stomach ache, though. <laughs> <laughs> we can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Just type in Dead Arm Sports into that search bar. will be the first thing that pops up. Social media-wise, Twitter, I can be found at DasJPEC. That's at D-A-S-J-P-E-C. Gel can be found at DasGel. That's at D-A-S-J-E-L. Send us any questions, comments, concerns you have. We'll answer those on the show for you. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. Send us a screenshot in of that review. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. All right, Jell, let's kick it off. Before we get into NFL the rest of the episode, we'll kick it off with some college basketball. Auburn came out in Joe Lenardi's bracketology first time ever they've been the overall number one seed at any point in time during his uh, bracketology always like looking at those it's uh, exciting gets me pumped for March Madness and I don't know it's 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 almost time that's what really gets you going with basketball I mean if we're if we're being honest as you know we're I, I wouldn't you know I don't think you and I would ever qualify as diehard college basketball fans but you know there, there's some people out there that are absolute diehards and never gonna we're i'm not i'm personally i'm never gonna be on that level i probably i probably my peak of following college basketball was when i was in college which kind of i mean that makes sense yeah uh, but <laughs> um yeah no i mean when when joe Lenardi starts sending out his you know, putting out his, uh, whether it's a preseason or uh, his, uh, you know, predictions for how the March Madness bracket's going to shake out or, or you know, seedings before it's 
bef- like way before March Madness actually starts. This is the time of year when it's actually appropriate to start paying attention to college basketball. Yeah, the pre- you know the the preseason tournaments or I shouldn't say preseason they do count as a regular season games, but like the Maui Invitational when that happens, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, that type of year, it's like yeah, you know it's it's a nice kickoff to college basketball. But once you get into the new year, that's really when college ball kind of starts to matter. Because between, you know, November to December, that's generally, you know, team, you know, Badgers playing UW Green Bay's of the world. You know, everybody's playing these cupcakes and it's kind of functions as a preseason almost. It's two episodes in a row now, Joe, you've knocked the Phoenix at Green Bay. <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey. Yeah. Uh, but... Okay, UW Milwaukee. Let's throw them in there. <laughs> Hashtag You're alma alma mater. Mater. <laughs> uh, uh UW Green Bay, UW Milwaukee. Hashtag not a sponsor. But uh, once you get past the new year, that's really when it's time to start paying attention to college basketball. That's when the conference, you know, conference games really get going, really get amped up. Plus, a little bit deeper down the road, that's when CBS will sometimes show you know some of these really big time games your kansas versus kentucky's on just a random saturday kind of just for fun those are sweet games to watch and that usually happens after the new year so now we're getting really into that and we're we're pretty deep we're somewhat deep into this big 10 schedule and right now the badgers sit up there as at the you know at the very top of the big 10 yeah no, they had a great win last night against Northwestern on the road, an arena that has given them trouble. For whatever reason, it seems, even in football, that going to Northwestern is always a tough game. And honestly, any road game in the Big Ten is a tough one to come away with a victory. Ended up winning 82-76. Johnny Davis, again, <laughs> up there for player of the year, 27 points, 8 boards. I think Chucky Hepburn had a nice uh, half-court buzzer beater to go into halftime yep. <laughs> from 60 <laughs> feet. Was nice. So, yeah, no, they've won seven in a row, and we are going to get into, again, March Madness once that approaches and everything too. But I mean, if, uh, if, you big... just, if you look at that Johnny Davis highlight reel, it's just it's really impressive. The dude's got a sweet stroke from deep. He's got a decent mid-range game. He along with, you know, making some of those kind of like teardrop runners in the lane. And he had a, he had one of his baskets was him posting up, you know, deep in the post and he scored. So he can score in the post too. I mean, mean, the dude's got it all at least, you know, at the collegiate level scoring wise. So you hope that that can, you hope that that can kind of carry the Badgers through the big 10 tournament and into March madness. But and you kind of you have to hope this isn't like a one hit wonder kind of a thing for Johnny Davis and he and he ends up fading in March because like we said the last time we talked Badger basketball this was completely you know unexpected from him but seems to be the real deal he's been doing this for now for six months going back to going back to camp uh, and and through you know all the way up now through mid January late January so. Hopefully this get this can at least carry through March Madness and we can make you know Badgers can make an Elite Eight Final Four run. Yeah, no, oh, that would that would be awesome. Yeah, like I said, coming off of their seventh straight win, have a big game on Friday night at home against Michigan State, number fourteen team in the country. 
No gel. Michigan you're talking. State was they they're coming off now a loss to Northwestern, who yeah. the Badgers just beat. Beat. Yep. So Duke Duke lost last night. So Badgers, if uh, they beat Michigan State this weekend, should be able to jump up in the poll, and it comes out next Monday. Can't can't wait. <laughs> All right, jumping back over into the NFL. Had some news come out about a defensive tackle from the Browns, Malik McDowell. I believe it was in Florida, which is fitting because it's that's where Florida all, and where all the good, crazy that's where news all the, comes This crazy out. shit happens. Yeah, but apparently he was walking naked down the street near an elementary school, and cops <laughs> pulled him over. And when they did, he wasn't too happy about it and ran at the officer, punching him in the eye. And apparently the officer, I haven't seen any more stories come out other than the original one, but it sounds like he could have some permanent uh, damage to that eye. Yeah, you kind of have to want, I mean, there were there were definite concerns about him and coming into the draft regarding his character. And that's how he ended up falling because his physical ability was always insane at Michigan State. If he was if he had a nice level head, he probably could have been a top 5 top 10 pick. I believe he ended up falling it was outside the first round if unless it was, you know, one of the last picks in the first round, but he could have been a top 5 top 10 pick just based on his talent alone. But had major character issues and this though, this is different than for me, like, I mean, a character thing, you have to wonder, you know, if you've got character issues, that doesn't mean that you normally are going to be walking around naked by an elementary school. So I, I don't, I, you wonder again, I, I go back to, and again, I, I, I know I'm no scientist here. I'm no doctor, but something's got to be going on to be walking around like that unless he was you know i there was there was that story of i was it chandler jones when he was with the patriots and he had smoked that synthetic marijuana and he was walking around outside of a police station naked this was when he was still a patriot so this was a long time ago uh, i believe it was chandler jones if i'm wrong i am i apologize uh to you mr jones but i think it was him i think that was one of the kind of final straws for the Patriots letting him go because he was he was high on the demon as uh, <laughs> as the kids call it <laughs> puffing the magic dragon <laughs> it's the devil's lettuce <laughs> but uh no I don't know if he there and there hasn't been enough details out to say you know was this dude you know on something was he on you know did he have was he high on something was he having a mental breakdown was he just in a normal state of mind and he decided hey i want to walk around naked near an elementary school but then he went but now he so he was dealing with that originally and then he punched yeah like you said he punched this officer in the eye and he may that officer may have permanent damage to his face to his eye whether that's you know a, a facial fracture or, or if those bones punctured his eye, he's gonna have he he may be blind in that eye, or at least have damaged vision in that eye for a while. So he he's probably gonna be dealing with some pretty hefty charges after this. But yeah, Malik McDowell. I mean, they said going into the draft, watch out for this guy. If you if you draft him, it's gonna be a risk. I believe and he had a DUI earlier too in his career after he got drafted. So it's 
Browns gave him a second chance, and obviously the second chance is uh, not going too well it after he had, pretty, he had pretty okay season with Cleveland this last year. But, yeah, hopefully, again, we don't have too much detail, so I don't want to comment too too much on it, but just wanted to bring that story up. All right, Joe, let's get into our main uh, main course of the day here. We're going to go over... Munch, 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 munch. <laughs> We're going to go over all of the coaching openings and give our takes on guys or a guy that would fit. As always, Jell and I don't like to let each other know ahead of time who we have to fill that spot so that way we can get each other's live takes on this. Before we get into the first team here, Jell, why don't you remind the listeners who the coaches were that were fired this offseason and then some of the names of guys that have been popping up here and there to fill some of these openings that are getting interviewed by multiple teams. Yeah, so we've, we've got right now eight head coach openings. Uh, your your coaches that were fired, Brian Flores for Miami, Mike Zimmer, Minnesota, Rich Bisaccia, not technically fired yet, but he doesn't have a, you know, there's no, he got the interim tag. It looks like the Raiders are, given that they can, their GM, they're probably going to be in the head coaching hiring circle. Uh, Joe Judge with the Giants, Urban Meyer. <laughs> we don't need to get into that again. <laughs> uh, Matt Nagy of the Bears, uh, David Coley of the Texans, and Vic Fangio of the Denver Broncos. Number of head coaching candidates, and I'm not going to name them all. There's a laundry list of of uh, some of the guys, but I'm going to name some of the guys. We that... demand them all, Joe. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, do your own damn research then, buddy. <laughs> Uh, I, for me, there's only of those eight guys that were fired, there's only one guy that I think is really a suitable head coaching candidate. And Urban that's Meyer. Flores. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think Urban Meyer should be, he should not be a head coach of even a youth football team at this point. <laughs> definitely not a youth not, team. Uh, definitely not much of a role model. So yeah. Uh, no, I think Brian Flores is the only one that's gotten fired that, is really truly in contention for another head coaching job. All these other guys, you know, I think Joe, Ju- you know, Basaccia, yeah, he has a role in this league. Mike Zimmer, if he wants to keep coaching or if he, uh, unless he just wants to hang out with his, you know, 21 year old girlfriend, Instagram model girlfriend, he can just do that and retire. Uh, Joe Judge maybe ends up getting another special teams coaching job. Urban, he's done. Nagy probably ends up getting some sort of a, I'd imagine some sort of an offensive coaching role to some degree, probably not an offensive coordinator, but, you know, maybe position coach something. David Coley's always been, he's been in the league for 40 years, so he'll get something. And then Vic Fangio, I think he deserve, he's deserving of a defensive coordinator job, but the only head coach candidate I see out of those that were fired was, is Brian Flores. Uh, some other names to definitely be aware of Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, uh, Cowboys defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, Bills offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, I, you're hearing some Aaron Glenn rumors. If you remember him, maybe from your Madden days, he was a <laughs> pro bowl defensive back. I've seen his name getting floated around. That's right. I forgot about that. Aaron Glenn. 
he was awesome. He was awesome with the uh, with the Cowboys and and with the Pats, I believe. Uh, Gerard Mayo obviously had his years with the Pats, but he's uh, he's working under Belichick right now. Kevin O'Connell, Rams offensive coordinator. Uh, Matt Eberflus, Colts defensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi, Chargers offensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich, Bucks offensive coordinator. Doug Peterson currently out of uh, out of football, but obviously won that Super Bowl with the Eagles a few years ago. And then Todd Bowles, Tampa defensive coordinator. Those are kind of some of the main names out there. There's some, there's a number of other names floating out there. Uh, Josh may have some other names that he thinks are ideal candidates, but those are those are the main candidates that are getting interviews right now. That was a laundry list, so yes, if you didn't was. memorize all of it, uh, just I don't blame you. But a lot of names out there to uh, to consider. You could have completed doing your laundry in the amount of time it took to list off all those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, let's um. Well, okay, that my list is done, so I'm just gonna jump. Let's. Do you want? Are you good to just jump in? Anybody yeah, else that let's you do have it. What, in uh, mind what team here? you want to start with? No, I think you listed off pretty much everybody that uh, would qualify under my teams. Let's go. Let's start off with uh, with Urban's replacement. He was the first man fired, uh, and let's go with Jags. What do you think? I think they're gonna run it back the, with Urban. Is how okay? How you pronounce it? The Jaguars. <laughs> Jaguars, Jaguars. That better, Jill. That's mine. <laughs> that's how it. That's how it's done. This one was tough for me. I would say that this was probably in three out of the eight toughest ones for me to fill. So I just I went with familiarity here. I I went with somebody that might fit. They've got Trevor Lawrence right now. That after this season needs somebody that is a good role model. And what better role model? coach to come in than former Jaguars number three pick in the 2003 draft Byron Leftwich so he's had an absolutely absolutely great time in Tampa Bay Tampa Bay's offense has been solid Tom Brady has looked absolutely fantastic which obviously it doesn't really matter what offensive coach you have there Tom Brady's gonna do Tom Brady things but I just think Byron Leftwich is familiar with Jacksonville's organization, would give Trevor Lawrence somebody to look up to, help him out, help him develop, get Jacksonville's offense back on the right track. They've got they have solid pieces there. They just need to put it all together and have somebody with a solid coaching foundation that can help lead this team forward. And I think nobody better than Byron Leftwich. So just so you guys know, we're not we we haven't shared any of our picks for our <laughs> ideal candidates, but I had Bron- Byron Leftwich as well. Nice. <laughs> uh, so that means he will not be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, pr- coach. pretty much. Yeah, Jags are going to find some other. They'll, they'll probably they're, they're going to go the. Uh, I oh God, imagine if they go the uh, Ted Lasso route, just reversed. <laughs> And then I mean, and, hey, hey, their owner, Ted their owner does own Wembley Stadium out in yeah. out in London. Watch them hire a, a football coach uh, instead. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Byron Leftwich again. I mean, obviously, really familiar with the Jags organization. He's a young guy. I think that you need a young. You probably to to help mentor 
Trevor Lawrence, you probably want a younger guy. I don't know how Bruce Arians, like, let's let's say, obviously Bruce Arians isn't a candidate, but let's say you had a Bruce Arians out there that, you know, he's 65 years old. Could he ever really relate to Trevor Lawrence and try to, you know, in a, in a mentorship type of role? Obviously, I would think not. So I think Byron Leftwich, he's got that going for him in Jacksonville, just being a little bit younger and obviously being familiar with the organization. But I think most importantly, Byron Leftwich now has had two full years of working with Tom Brady. And the difference is like the difference between Trevor Lawrence and Tom Brady, obviously big time Timmy Tom was a six round pick 199 overall. Trevor Lawrence was the first overall pick, been a prodigy since he entered high school. And I think what Lawrence needs and what could really help him is somebody like, you know, that's seen Tom Brady's work ethic. And if if Trevor Lawrence can develop a Tom Brady work ethic, that's going to go a really long way. So Byron Leftwich could really be like, dude, I see Brady in here (laughs) <laughs> he gets he he comes in at 4 a.m. He leaves at 8 p.m. and then he's back here the next day at four at 4 a.m. watching film, developing his game. I think that's what that's what Trevor Lawrence needs. And if you can, and if if Byron Leftwich can say, "Dude, you've got better raw ability than Brady had," at least when you know when they first came into the league. That's going to be, that could be a huge factor and that could really, really help Lawrence's development. So I think that Byron Leftwich, for that reason, that's the main reason that I think Byron Leftwich is the, is the ideal candidate for the Jags. I like it. All right. Let's randomly pick one here, Joe. Let's jump to Miami. Who do you got for Miami? I'll let you kick this one off. Kellen Moore. Uh, actually kind of ironic lefty quarterback as well. Uh, he was that lefty at, at Boise State, but I think that he's, I think that he's going to really, I think that he would really help Tua's development, uh, as, as a quarterback. And that's, what's really needed for the Dolphins. They have nice personnel on both sides of the ball. I think their defense is obviously their defense has been coached up really pretty damn well by Brian Flores. So assuming they keep similar personnel defensively and they don't make too many changes on defense, that defense is going to stay relatively, you know, still be a relatively high-performing defense. What they really need is a high-performing quarterback. And Kellen Moore, you know, we can say all we want about Dak Prescott, but he kind of, I mean, I mean, Cowboys, the Cowboys offense was pretty damn stale until you know at least under Jason Garrett until Kellen Moore started being the play caller and it got a little bit more dynamic yes they did add additional talent and Dolphins will absolutely have to add additional talent but I think Kellen Moore can help to make the most out of Tua I think Tua you know how how much is Tua really going to improve I mean his physical traits kind of are what they are he's a shorter guy he's you know again I think for the only way for this to really truly work out for Miami is if he becomes a Drew Brees type of a quarterback where he's just extremely precise, 
got he's just got incredible rhythm, incredible knowledge of the game. And you're gonna need an offensive you're gonna need an offensive coach to do that. Ideally a, a quarterback. Kellen Moore was also a backup quarterback for a number of years for the Cowboys. And those backup quarterbacks, a lot of times they end up being pretty decent coaches, pretty decent play callers, because they spent most of their career on the sideline watching how to, you know, what play call is ideal here. And that's pretty much what Kellen Moore has brought to the Cowboys. So I think Kellen Moore is the perfect fit for the Dolphins. I went a little different direction with this one. I just think with the Dolphins giving Brian Flores a chance that they want somebody a little bit more tenured this time around. They've got a young defense that has been solid. So I think they want to bring in a head coach that is defensive minded, have him bring over a strong offensive coordinator, help out, keep a lot of the same things going on. But then, like I said, bring in an offensive coordinator that can help to a a little bit. I think they're going to hire a familiar face to the AFC East and go with Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles has done an absolutely fantastic job with Tampa's defense the last couple years. It'll bring a lot of the same things over to Miami, get that young defense going, get a solid defense with the teams that they have to compete. I mean, you need to have a fantastic defense in order to be able to compete with the Bills. Patriots offense was putting up points here and there this season. So the Jets are the Jets, but yeah, I mean, it's the Jets. <laughs> it's the Jets, but I just, I think Todd Bowles would be a good fit with Miami. Again, I can see where you're coming from with Kellen Moore because you took Tua top five of the draft. You want to develop Tua, but I just think that they know what their bread and butter is where they need to focus with that. And they'll bring in Todd Bowles. I, the, the only thing, the only issue that I have with that is, I don't I think the most important thing for this team is the building up of Tua. I guess if if you're able to get if you're able to score a super super strong offensive coordinator then 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 Todd Bowles would be a great head coach. But I don't I I don't know how many, you know, what do you, where are you going to find that awesome offensive coordinator unless you hire you know, a sweet QB coach from somebody else. Yeah. From another team. That that's my only that's my only question for you on that one. Yep. Alright, what do you want to do? Alright, let's move on to Dun 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 Las Vegas Raiders. What are this your one... uh where are you where are you going on this one? The most dysfunctional franchise over the last uh how many years now? Are we talking <laughs> I mean, are we talking multiple decades at this point? <laughs> kind of feels like it yeah it sure does this one was my toughest one to fill well I take that back Giants was also tough this was one of the teams in my bottom three I had mentioned a little bit earlier I'm going with somebody that they just interviewed and completed an interview with in the last two days here I, I think Gerard Mayo is a good fit I just see their offense Derek Carr's Derek Carr at this point in time. You don't really need too much more developing from him. He is what he is, which is a solid quarterback that is going to keep you in ball games, can win you a game here and there. And they need to get that defense going. You've got the Chargers that are an up and coming offense. You've got Kansas City, which obviously they're one of the best offenses in the league when they're clicking outside of a few games early in the middle of the season this year. And you've got Denver that has all the pieces but are missing a quarterback. 
the Raiders, if they want to compete in that division, their offense is not going to be able to keep up with the other teams unless they have a solid defense. So I think Gerard Mayo would be a good fit. First time head coach, bring some life back into that locker room. A young guy knows what he's doing, comes from Bill Belichick's system, played for Bill Belichick, can institute some of the things that he's learned from Bill Belichick. And they've got a lot of young, solid guys on the defense in in Las Vegas. So I think he'd, he'd be a good fit. Granted, first-time head coaches always scare me. You need to have solid coordinators that you're bringing over and have those lined up. But I think it'd be a perfect opportunity for Vegas to go outside of the box, do something different. I know John Harbaugh has been rumored there. We'll talk about him after we get through some of the coaching fits here. But you already went that route grabbing somebody like that in John Gruden and it really didn't work out you're gonna have to give John Harbaugh a ton of money and a ton of years to get him it's away gonna from be, Michigan it's gonna to have come to be in. like similar to that Gruden contract yeah honestly, which you already, probably to pry him away yeah which you already did that so at this point in time I think you just go a different route give somebody a first-time head coach a shot and that's Gerard Mayo yeah, I'm pretty much going to go the complete opposite way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I like it. Um, I actually think they need to do the opposite and do a, you know, have a very experienced head coach, somebody that's not, you know, maybe not the most super splashy fit. Or, sorry, not the most uh, super splashy hire. Uh, somebody that's not outside the box. That's what they've done, you know, that's what they did with Gruden. I think they need the opposite. I think they, they need complete stability and i think that that's what doug peterson would bring uh peterson obviously won that super bowl with the eagles and the eagles were an absolute mess before well on before he took that job and really the first year or two of his uh tenure with philly but they did he did get them he did get them a title he was able to get carson wentz to up until that injury, perform at an MVP level, I don't see necessarily what would stop him from getting Derek Carr to also play at an MVP level. I mean, he's, he's again, he's another backup quarterback that a lot of the times these guys do succeed, especially offensively, especially with... And Derek Carr's talent versus Carson Wentz, I, I think it's pretty damn similar. So if you can get... If you can get uh, Derek Carr to perform at a similar level to what Carson Wentz displayed in 2018, then that's that's the way that that's the only way that I could see Oakland really having a chance to compete in this division. It's a stacked division, so you know, an old coach in a stacked division. I don't know. You could also say you could also make the argument for sure. Let's go with a young guy and let him develop. But at the same time, like, dude, we're uh, a lot of times these, you know, every everybody's working on a year by year basis. It's, it's it's not college where you get where a new hire generally gets four to five to six years to develop his program. We're talking about the NFL where Joe Judge, he was trying to develop a culture. Turns out he couldn't develop jack shit because he's working with professionals and that have already been in the league for however many years and he gets canned after two years so i i think that i think right now the raiders more than anything need stability and doug peterson would bring stability where 
Gerard Mayo, he's I think he would I think he's a great candidate. I've got him in I've I, I think that he's definitely suitable for another position, but I don't think the Raiders is the right choice for, for Gerard Mayo. But but again, I think he's definitely head coach material. I think Doug Peterson just fits the Raiders what they need right now better than anything. No, that that makes sense to me. Um, let's see, where do I want to take this? Roll the, roll the uh, drum roll, please. <laughs> um, what? Let's let's switch over to the NFC. Let's jump over to the other team that I had a tough time with, and uh, let's hit the New York Giants. And I want to hear your take. So, I have I, I'm. This is all dependent on the Giants not being idiotic, which I cannot count on. Uh, but this re- this is going to require them committing to getting rid of Daniel Jones and drafting a new quarterback. But if they do do that, I love Kevin O'Connell, L.A. Chargers offensive coordinator for the Giants. Justin Herbert, yeah, he's obviously got all the tools, but he was kind of uh, unrefined, at least, coming into the league. You know, he ran a really simple offense in at Oregon. They hadn't asked him to do that much. O'Connell came in and, and opened up the offense to him, to, uh, you know, with the Chargers, opened up the offense to Herbert, and we've seen what Herbert's become. So I think if the if the Giants are willing to commit to drafting a new quarterback, moving off Daniel Jones, sending him away for a fifth rounder to be somebody's backup, and they draft somebody with one of those two top ten picks, I think Kevin O'Connell's a perfect person to help develop this new quarterback. And that's all that I care about if I'm a if I'm a Giants fan. I don't really give a. They they definitely need to draft off. You know, draft the offensive line right. Definitely need some help on defense. But more than anything, I mean, we we've seen this all season long. These winning teams have good quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, Justin Herbert's the obvious. Justin Herbert didn't make the playoffs, and he's a top five quarterback in the league. But he was right on the brink of it. I think that that's what you need in New in in uh, in New York is a somebody that can help develop a young rookie quarterback and and I don't think any of these guys are gonna be are Justin Herbert level talents but if they t- if they took a picket if they took a, a Matt Corral that if you have the right coach to develop them then that can change that Giants franchise, you know, just like that. So I think I think Nathaniel Hack or sorry, uh Kevin O'Connell <laughs> got him for another job. I think uh Kevin O'Connell is a perfect fit for the Giants. All right. Mine also was dependent on the Giants going a different route and moving away from Daniel Jones. Right now there's been it depends where you go to look. I mean, if you type in Daniel Jones on Google, there's a bunch of articles that the Giants have come out and said that, yeah, they're going to move forward with Daniel Jones another year. And then there's some that say, no, they're going to be looking to move on. And I've got a guy coming in that is going to do absolute wonders for the New York Giants when they move on from Daniel Jones and trade for Russell Wilson. 
So I have Russell Wilson Whoa, coming into right, the Giants. Daddy. Is, it, is it Pete Carroll? It is not. <laughs> it's a nice breakup there. And if Russell Wilson comes in or another rookie quarterback, I'm fine with. I think this head coach will be great. And he's somebody that has been on the radar for a while that just can't seem to get hired. And it's Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs offensive coordinator. If Russell Wilson comes in, that would be an absolute perfect marriage between the two of them, that offense with maybe getting Saquon back on track. You've got pieces there on the offense outside of the line. They obviously need to address that and get that a lot better, but you've got solid position players and Eric Bieniemy is somebody that would come in. He's obviously been great <laughs> seeing the development of Patrick Mahomes since Eric Bieniemy has been there in Kansas City. So I just I think that would be unbelievable and that offense would take huge 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 steps if he came in as a head coach. I, I love the thought process there, and um, me absolutely deserves a head coaching job. So, um, we'll definitely, I'll definitely get into him in a little bit. Sounds good. All right, where are you heading? All right, let's uh, let's stay in the NFC and let's move on to ya boys. Ooh, the right. Bears, the Bears. What's is... uh, what, what do you what do you uh, what do you have in mind for your? Your favorite target. This is probably one of my most perfect fits of all of the coaches. So I know there's a lot of Chicago fans clamoring for Jim Harbaugh. However, after doing a little bit more diving into, not one of them. Wouldn't be upset if he was there, but somebody fits the job a lot better. It's a guy that has done a fantastic job developing a quarterback recently. Justin Fields, they traded up last year. He is the future of the franchise, and you need to get the most out of him. And what better way to do that than snagging Josh Allen's offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills and Brian Dable. Boom! I mean, there wouldn't be any more perfect fit than that. Josh Allen was a project coming out of college, had a huge arm, had issues with accuracy and Brian Dables turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Also, Brian Dable has done a fantastic job just developing that offense in Buffalo. Buffalo is a cold weather team and they're putting up a ton of points. Granted, Buffalo is warm for <laughs> two thirds to three quarters of the season, but so is Chicago. So is Chicago. So I mean, it's, it you're would talking be, about basically the same. It's pretty much the same weather. Yeah. So say. you'd be just a great transition over could he's got a lot of pieces granted Allen Robinson will probably be gone this year but they can draft a wide receiver in the draft you have Darnell Mooney you have Cole Komet you've got uh, (laughs) David Montgomery you've got a great great pieces for the offense the line is up and coming used a couple draft picks last year to get some tackles and he's got a pretty solid foundation with the defense granted there's a lot of talk of some of the key defensive pieces being traded but you've got some solid young pieces in uh, Jalen Johnson and Roquan Smith so you've got the pieces there all he has to do is find the right defensive coordinator to carry over what they've been doing and I just I think he would be absolutely perfect to start and help develop Justin Fields into the franchise quarterback that they can have for the next decade or so. I don't know what to add. I had Brian Dable as the perfect fit. If if they don't hire Dable, then they're idiots. I I don't. I agree. 
they there's there's no more perfect fit there for Chicago. Again, like you said, developing a a mobile quarterback, which Josh Allen Josh Allen came into this league where you didn't know he he wasn't super great at reading defenses. His you know when when shit would break down when plays would break down, he tended to just run. That's exactly the same exact case with Justin Fields. Justin Fields obviously isn't 6'6", 230, like Josh Allen is, but he's got a really nice arm. He's more accurate than, I would say he's more accurate than Josh Allen was when Allen first came out. If, if, if you know, if Dable can help clean up a little bit of Justin Fields' mechanics to help him get that ball out a little bit quicker, and... Because he's got, I mean, he both of the quarterbacks had a great deep ball. It's just a, a lot of times it's some of this, you know, medium, you know, maybe maybe some, you know, maybe these 10 to 20 yard routes that those are really the difference makers. And that's what can help open up stuff underneath. Right now, Justin Fields, all he really does is check down, run the ball or throw it deep, just like Josh Allen did his rookie year. We've seen Josh Allen turn into a top, what, what, do you, what do you say, top, I mean, no question he's a top four quarterback in the AFC. We, t- we, we went into the, these AFC rankings uh, last week, or in, the, in a previous, you know, earlier this week. Yeah. But if you can turn Justin Fields into Josh Allen 2.0, maybe not, he, I don't think Justin Fields has that, necessarily has that ceiling, but... He's obviously got an incredible running ability. He's got a sweet deep ball. Probably doesn't have the you know the same uh, you know zip on a ball. He can't throw. I don't think he can throw the ball ninety miles an hour like Josh Allen can. <laughs> but Dable turned Josh Allen from a very very raw prospect into now what we can view as Josh Allen when he's at his best is maybe the best quarterback in the game. If he can turn Justin Fields into that, then then Chicago has officially found a gem. I would say the best the best course of action for the Bears, hire Dable, get an experienced offensive coordinator that and, and an experienced defensive coordinator, just two guys that can help kind of manage, you know, the offense and the defense kind of as a whole. And then let Dable focus, put most of his focus on developing Justin Fields. And then Chicago could have a really sweet team. Because like you said, I mean, David Montgomery, he's better than the two backs that he's got than that Dable currently has out in Buffalo. Yeah. I, I And yeah, they don't, they maybe don't have a Stefan Diggs, but, and, and Chicago, unfortunately, doesn't have that draft capital to send away a number one pick to go grab somebody. But Odell Beckham, it, hey, he's a free agent. I don't think he's come to Chicago. But, you know, you you got you got guys in the market. You're going to have guys that are free. You can turn some of these guys that are on shitty teams, and you know, into... And it, if you're able to offload maybe a Khalil Mack then that's going to open up a little bit of cap space that you may need. I mean, you can you can develop this team if you if they get the right gm that can also play the salary cap right which ryan pace clearly could not i mean so somehow ryan pace having three shitty quarterbacks between Foles, dalton and last year fields who i mean let's be honest was not anything special no 
also could not afford Kent, uh, Fuller, the corner. Like, how? I, where did their money go? I just like I I don't know. So if they're able to off, if they're able to sign a new GM, get rid of some of these crappy contracts that they have, you know, some of these overloaded contracts to either some other teams or rework their deals and 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 offload them somehow with signing bonuses or whatever. I mean, I'm no capologist here, but there's ways around it. I mean, the Rams are able to do it unless, you know, it's like it's almost like their salary cap fund is in some Swedish bank or something. But <laughs> Bears need to Bears might as well hire that guy that's doing it. And if they can offload him, get some additional talent in, bring in Dable, bring in a Dable staff. This could that's that's the only course of action I think for for the Bears. It's easily the smartest course of action for me. Yep. All right, Joe. Let's throw it back over to the AFC and let's hit Denver. Denver's an interesting job. Have a lot of talented guys on offense. Have solid defense. Uh, you leaning offense or defense here? I think you have to go offense here. I'm. I, we've seen a defensive coach there with Vic Fangio. And the defense was awesome, but what needs work is that offense. And so I'm going, I'm going to go Nathaniel Hackett, Packers offensive coordinator. And a huge reason for this, trying to lure Aaron Rodgers over. Oh, I thought you were going to try and get the most out of Drew Locke. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I would if I was hired. (laughs) No, you you just have. I I think it's time to go balls to the walls, trying to get Aaron Rodgers over. If you hire his OC, maybe see if you can bring that. Uh, maybe see if you can bring his current quarterbacks coach over to be Hackett's offensive coordinator. Then maybe you have a pretty. Assuming the that those guys have a good relationship with Rodgers, of course, which you never know. Rodgers is such a little, you know, testy little uh, prick sometimes. <laughs> but uh, if you if you're able to do that, and you're able to get Rodgers in, that obviously changes the course of your entire team's future. So I I go Nathaniel Hackett pretty much for that, mainly for that reason. And he's been sitting under Matt Lafleur now for for three years, and he's seen that Lafleur's offense is working. I think it would work. It it's basically it's it's pretty much based off the Mike Shanahan offense that Mike Shanahan offense worked for Denver a number of years ago. It's also the same offense that Gary Kubiak ran in Denver when they, uh, when they won the Super Bowl. So a lot of ties back to Denver. Nathaniel Hackett to me is, is a perfect hire. I went completely opposite here again <laughs> from you. <laughs> so <laughs> I think Denver, I, you hit the nail on the head with it. They can get in a quarterback. I don't really think that offense needs a lot of work where you can just have a solid offensive coordinator come in and they'll have a great time with that offense. Like you said, Javante Williams will be there next year. <laughs> Touch on Courtney can't, Sutton, can't Jerry wait. Judy, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. So they've got all the pieces there for offense. So I don't necessarily know that they need to focus on that area. So I'm just going to keep with their bread and butter what they've been doing, having that elite top of the league defense and I think Dan Quinn's a good fit there's been rumors out there that Dan Quinn is their main guy that they want to go with and I just think he'd be a good fit there he's obviously a great defensive coordinator he's shown that in Seattle when 
They had their Legion of Boom. Yeah, he struggled a little bit in Atlanta, but Atlanta's personnel isn't what it was with <laughs> what he'd be walking in with Denver no. either. So not even close. I just I like him there. He can turn that defense into something that's elite again, kind of for the same reasons with the Raiders that you got two stud offenses out there in the Chargers, Kansas City, and you need to have a good defense to try and shut them down and be able to compete with them. So I, I like Dan Quinn in this spot. Why don't I bring something up then to you about a there is no uh, there is no head coach opening here, but I think Dan Quinn would be a perfect fit to be the head coach for the Cowboys. If they can McCarthy hire Dan Quinn, any thoughts on that? I think McCarthy after this season, just all this, you know, all this time mismanagement clock shit too many uh too many uh penalties on a on a week by week basis i think dan quinn i I don't i I basically i don't think mccarthy deserves to come back i i just don't and i think dan quinn can jump in there we saw obviously what he did to that defense and how much it improved i don't think mccarthy deserves to come back and i think quinn could step into that head coaching role in dallas perfectly well yeah, I mean, he'd be a good fit. It came out today, though, that McCarthy met with Jerry Jones and sound like he said that they had a quote-unquote positive conversation today. So it, I don't know. Who's Take he? that with who what did? you will. McCarthy or McCarthy or Jerry? with Jerry Jones. That no, McCarthy who said, said that they had McCarthy a said that McCarthy. they had a positive conversation. But I think if you're the Cowboys and you move on from McCarthy, the bigger coordinator that you need to keep around is Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore would be more beneficial as a head coach there keeping him around than Dan Quinn. But, I mean, Dan Quinn would be fine too, but you hire Dan Quinn, you're for sure losing Kellen Moore, which I think they're probably going to lose him anyways, but I don't know. I guess it depends on what you think about Kellen Moore if you're Jerry Jones. Yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore is the one that called that QB draw. But 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 McCarthy did also A-OK that call. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. Which, that call, going back on it, too, I'll backtrack a little bit from Tuesday. I don't want to get into it too much, but it was a halfway decent play call. You just need to know the situation and tell Dak, like, hey, you need to get seven yards and get down, not run as much as you can slide and then go with it but i still i don't like the call okay. but 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 if you're if you're if you're telling him just get seven yards and get down why not just throw an out pattern have the guy yeah. get out of bounds save yourself four seconds because or 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 more because let's say he runs seven yards he gets to the where were they around the 40 let's say he gets let's say he runs 10 yards gets to the 30 instead of 15 yards they save themselves those couple seconds, but at that time, but wouldn't you rather just, I, I, you know, and and then you're still stuck with only one play, yeah. Instead of you know running out pattern, try to get yourself ten yards and guarantee yourself one play. I I, I think that that was just a very flawed play call on my end. <laughs> All right, let's move. Uh, why don't we stay uh for the final AFC job? For you, what do you got in Houston, man? Houston is an interesting one for me. I This is all dependent on 
Houston making up with Deshaun Watson. I had touched on this fit a little bit earlier on in the week, and I think Brian Flores would be a good hire here. Brian Flores, obviously great defensive mind, brought Miami's defense from pretty much nowhere into being a top defense in the league for the most part. And you could get that out of Houston. Houston, again, is a team that is <laughs> up and coming. They've got young pieces. And if you could, if I'm Brian Flores and Houston really wants me, I'm telling the owner that, hey, you need to make up with Deshaun Watson because I was a huge proponent for wanting Deshaun Watson in Miami. I want to work with him, and you need to do what you can to get him to stay in Houston. And if Brian Flores and Houston, um, blanking on the owner. What's the owner, Joe? McNair. Uh, Cal McNair, yeah. Cal McNair. So, well, I think, or I can't remember. It's Cal, there's Cal McNair and Steve McNair. I can't remember who's okay. which one is the current owner. One's the son, okay. one's the father. Yeah, but either way, I just, if you can get Deshaun Watson to come back, all of a sudden now with Brian Flores as your head coach, you make a couple free agent signings, and you're one of the favorites to win the AFC South again. I mean, they don't really need that much if you can get Deshaun Watson back and get a good coach in there. So, again, this is all dependent on Deshaun Watson and if they can convince him to come back to Houston. Otherwise, I don't know if I really like Brian Flores as a fit there with a young quarterback in Davis Mills. I guess it just kind of depends on the direction that Houston wants to go. If they want to see if they can get Davis Mills get the most out of him. Nathaniel Hackett might not be bad. Somebody that's worked with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm sticking with them trying to get Deshaun to come back, not wanting to trade him. And if they do, Brian Flores is a great fit. Yeah, I mean, my my logic is pretty much the exact same as yours and trying to find somebody that would be, you know, would, would make Deshaun a satisfied player on your team. He's the most valuable. He's even though he played zero snaps for you last year, he's still the most valuable asset on your team without question. So I I know that uh Deshaun last season, last off season uh was pretty vocal about the fact that negatively vocal about the fact that the Texans did not even interview Eric Bieniemy. And he talked about, he talked about, you know, how he brought the fact that there are, there is such a, such an absence of minority head coaches in the league. And, you know, just kind of just brought up the fact that how was, how was Eric Bieniemy not getting even interviews with my squad, given that, <laughs> just given that Bieniemy let turn Mahomes, who was an extremely, obviously extremely raw player raw talent out of texas tech and they won a super bowl his first year as a starter after that super bowl that's when mahomes or it was it was the uh after so the end of the off season after mahomes won his first super bowl that's when he said yeah i can finally i'm finally learning how to read defenses like that's all coming from scheming from between Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, because if he if if Mahomes couldn't even read defenses, he was just relying on arm talent and and his play callers scheming these plays open, and obviously having the incredible talents of Tyreek Hill and and uh, and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. <laughs> yes. But still, but still, I like 
you know, I he was basically saying, hey, Bienemy deserves to have a head coaching shot. Why doesn't he get an interview with my team? And so I think that if you hire Eric Bienemy, that may be one of your better shots as at keeping Deshaun Watson. So we're sitting here with the same logic of <laughs> how can we keep Deshaun? <laughs> yeah. And it's it's two guys that, you know, he's known to respect and you know that's why there were also rumors about him uh you know going to the patriots as well just just respects that organization you bring Bianami in you bring or if you bring flores in i think he's going to respect that head coach he's going to have a hell of a lot more uh respect for that head coach than he probably ever did for o'brien bill o'brien bob with his little butt chin and uh and and I think we all we all knew David Coley isn't made out to be a head coach, an NFL head coach, at least not long term. So I'm going Eric Bieniemy as my perfect fit, but for pretty much similar reasons uh, for you or as you. All right, we've got one more coaching job to fill, Joe. Let's jump back to the NFC North and uh, Minnesota Vikings. Where you have them headed? So this is the one fired head coach that I think does have a does deserve a head coaching job, and that's going to be Brian Flores. That offense is compl- is obviously completely stacked between Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne. Conklin had himself a pretty sweet year for who, where Conklin was a somewhat unknown tight end. He ended up really coming on at the end of the year. And Kirk Cousins, who, yeah, we can shit on him all we want, but he puts up good numbers. I mean, he's serviceable, so I don't think the offense is the issue. And obviously, Delvin Cook. I the 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 issue has been the defense, and Brian Flores has shown that he can command an awesome an awesome defense. I also think that he's a great leader of men. Which again, Mike Zimmer. I I don't think that Mike Zimmer's a shitty coach, but I think that he's he his his voice got kind of lost in Minnesota where I think just having a fresh new voice of Brian Flores, who's a little bit more demanding, a little bit more like, you know, kind of like, you know, a do your job mentality. I think that that can, that's going to really help discipline the Vikings. Also the Vikings, again, going back to discipline, the Vikings had, they were, they've over the last few years have always been one of the more penalized teams and I think Brian Flores can bring a level of discipline to that team that they need. So I think Brian Flores is a perfect fit for the Vikings. All right. This is the last one, and we're also opposite here. <laughs> so I've got uh, pretty much the same reasons you had laid out for a different team. Offense is solid right now. The NFC North is you have Detroit, who doesn't have a great offense. Chicago doesn't have a great offense. Packers, an elite offense. And I think this coach would get Minnesota to that elite level. Minnesota has had a solid offense, but they haven't necessarily been elite in top five in the NFL. And I think Doug Peterson could get them there. I think Doug Peterson would be a good fit. I think for the same reasons you had laid out Doug Peterson being a good fit with Derek Carr, getting him to that next level like he did Carson, I think he could do the same thing with Kirk there. The 
thing that Doug Peterson would need to do, though, is bring in a solid defensive coordinator to get the defense better than what they were this last season. But Minnesota's had a pretty solid defense the last couple of years. They have the pieces there, just need to add a couple of key, key spots. But Doug Peterson, I think, would be a great fit, get along well with Kirk Cousins, get a little juice back into that offense, get that offensive-minded head coach after having Zimmer the past few seasons, defensive-minded head coach. So I think it'd give their organization a jump start, and he'd be a solid fit. I actually I actually do like that for – that was very solid reasoning. I do like that. I do like that. Doug Peterson would be very solid, bring additional stability, like you said. And, yeah, and, and if he can get – yeah, same same reasons, I guess, with Derek Carr. Yeah, no, that was that was that was nice. I, I go back to I'm gonna just jump back to the Bears really quick. If they if they can bring over Dable as their head coach and snag Leslie Frazier from the Bills, <laughs> bring him in as the DC, that would be that's what the Bears really need to do. But okay, okay, so you know this <laughs> you know this ownership pretty well like not not on a personal level but you've experienced this ownership this bears ownership for your entire life are they gonna go cheap here or are they gonna want to say hey let's go balls to the walls or are they gonna say are they gonna just go back to hey 40 years ago we had the 85 bears we need to stick to that model what do you, what do you think what do you what do you actually think's going to happen with the bears This time around they've actually been doing a pretty solid job they literally are interviewing everybody so before they did not cast a very wide net at all and ended up with Matt Nagy where this time they're actually doing their due diligence there's rumors going around that they actually picked up the phone and called Harbaugh which that don't know necessarily what that conversation was but they're bringing in pretty much everybody that they can. I think Eberflus is coming in for a second interview next week. They okay. have something scheduled with him. So that's, DC a, that's for the, the Colts. DC for the Colts. Correct. He's the first one that I saw. I believe Ed Warner tweeted that out today. So um, that's the first one I've seen for a second interview. I would imagine, obviously, with Brian Dable, after work around his schedule, a couple of the coaches are still in the playoffs right now. So have to see where they go there I just I don't know I think this time they know that they need to have somebody that is going to get the most out of Justin Fields they've invested a lot trading up for him and they need it (laughs) they really do so I'm hopeful as a Bears fan that they're going to do the right thing here and get Brian Dable in or at least somebody that'll get the most out of Justin Fields but I don't know. Being a Bears fan, honestly, do not have a lot of faith in the ownership. <laughs> have you have you heard any anything about the GM spots? Um, no. Again, they're interviewing a ton still, of people. A couple thing. guys in Cleveland's front office. I know I don't have the names in front of me right now, and I'm not as familiar with the GMs. Um, Rick Smith, former Houston Texans GM, he's on a list of guys that they're. I think they have. They still have to interview him. Um, yeah, just kind of all over saints. Um, I can't remember which so, okay, position so, he holds so there, but there was that, there was that rumor that Ryan, uh, Ryan Pace had a really good 
relationship with Sean Payton. If that, I'm just going to throw, I'm just going to, this is obviously hypothetical because Ryan Pace has already been canned. But if Ryan, but would you be down with, if Ryan Pace stayed and he was able to pry away Sean Payton from the, from New Orleans and just, again, hypothetical, was able to pry away Sean Payton from New Orleans, do you think that you would be still okay with Ryan Pace being hired? Or still sticking along, sticking with the team? I don't know. I I think Pace had kind of run his course. I just, he had some solid moves. Like I think I had mentioned in a previous episode, he was very good hitting with guys later on in the draft, but... There's just so many mistakes that he made, whether it was giving Mike Glennon a huge contract, <laughs> trading for Nick Foles, trading up for Trubisky. Like, it's just, I give him credit for having the the stones to do some of these moves and taking chances, but there was just too many flops that he had throughout his tenure as their GM that it, it was time to move on. I just never, I just, I, I still cannot wrap my head around that Trubisky pick when... Deshaun was in the same conference as as Trubisky, you know, Trubisky coming from UNC, Deshaun coming from Clemson, and they went with the not dominant quarterback in that conference. That part always just blew my mind. I got one last thing for you regarding these head coaches. Uh, you brought up Jim Harbaugh. There are still rumors out there. I, I, it's, I don't know how valid these rumors are. But he still hasn't, he still clearly hasn't committed to Michigan, has not committed to the NFL. So what do you think, okay, A, what do you think he will do? What do you think he wants to do? And then B, what, like, if he did decide to jump to the NFL, do you have a perfect fit for him if he did want to go? And that we're going to I'm going to include all eight of these teams in here where the perfect fit for him would be. I'm still torn on Jim Harbaugh. I could definitely I think I'd lean more that I think he will jump back to the NFL. He had a fantastic year at Michigan, got them into the playoff and he lost a lot of key guys. Aiden Hutchinson's leaving. Um, Jabu's leaving so he's lost quite a few guys that made that defense elite and he's got unfinished business in the NFL he left kind of on a sour note with San Francisco and I think he ideally wants to come back to the perfect fit and a fit that's good for him out of these eight teams he's got ties to Chicago Chicago wouldn't be bad I think if I was a Bears fan I'd like him there. He was solid, pretty solid quarterback for us in the 90s when he was there. So it's got ties to the organization. Obviously had great success with Colin Kaepernick out in San Francisco. Developed him into a quarterback that was leading him to the playoffs year after year. Vegas would be a good spot for him too. I know he's got a lot of... There's been a lot of rumors that Vegas is going to be looking at him. That would be somebody that would come in and be able to put their foot down, get some stability back there. Obviously, would do wonders to help in a similar role that you had laid down and I had laid down for Doug Peterson helping out the quarterback. Jim Harbaugh would be just as good in doing that. So I'd probably say out of all these teams, Las Vegas would probably be a good fit for him if he were to jump back to the NFL. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that, <laughs> again, looking at all these teams, I mean, I'd say I, I Bears just kind of make sense on paper just because he used to, you know, he used to quarterback there. He was a pro bowler for the Bears. He, I could see him jumping on that job just like when he was a quarterback with Michigan. So, and he jumped back there. So that seems like the easy fit, uh, but I don't know if it's necessarily the best fit. I also don't know if the Raiders is the best fit just because I, again, I Harbaugh and stability. I don't know if that, if those things go hand in hand. I mean, we saw in Michigan, it was after two years, people in Michigan were talking about canning him. It's like, he, I don't know. He, he fits perfect in college football to me. I, I hope that he doesn't leave. The other thing too, like for him, if, if, if Michigan is his, if Michigan head coach is his dream job, he's not going to, if he goes, let's say he goes to the NFL, he gets a three, four year deal. And 2026, he's, canned it's not like he can go back to michigan you know that's the they're not gonna want him back no (laughs) left him so i think he i don't know i think he i think he should stay personally but at the same time like how much better does michigan get i don't know but i don't think right now is the right time for him to leave given that if, if this is if this truly i know he from what I've from what I've seen from reports, he wants to win a Super Bowl. That's that's his ultimate dream. But I don't think right now is like th- there's no perfect opportunity to jump on right now. I mean, I would if 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 I'm Harbaugh, and I would stay. That's personal. That's personally where I sit. Yeah, I hope he stays, but I just, I don't know. I I think he's going to end up leaving Michigan. Well, that will do it. It'll be fun, Joe, in the next couple weeks here to see if any of our uh, perfect fits actually do come true and end up being the head coaches of the teams there. uh, Yeah, no, that uh, will do it for this episode. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, type in Dead Arm Sports into that search bar. will pop up. I can be found at DOS JPEG, gel at DOS gel. Subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Send us a screenshot of that review. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Follow us on socials along with our personal Twitter accounts as well. We usually tweet some good stuff out there. Otherwise, gel, where can they listen to us at? Presenting sponsor is Anchor, uh, both on your web browser, whether that's Chrome, Safari, Firefox. Does Firefox still exist? Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it at does. the bottom of my screen, so I don't use it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe it's so, a fake button. <laughs> <laughs> think, think so. Uh, they do have a web browser on I guess any of your chosen web browsing uh, options, anchor.fm. And then they're also on uh, what I would assume is most uh, of your phone. Phones are going to be iPhones and or and or Google slash Androids available as an app as well. Just search anchor on there allows us to do any editing that we need to do any presenting any uh you know, any any uh, publishing out there to any of these listening 
platforms, whether that's Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Google Pods. Make sure to hit us up as well on Twitter at Deadarm Sports at Deadarm Sports on Instagram as well. Find us there and hit up those DMs with any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, and we, if you have anything that you want us to bring up, again, we're talking college ball, whether that's basketball or football. We're talking NFL. We're talking draft. We're talking PGA. So make sure you hit us up with anything that you want us to bring up on the show, and 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 we'll get her done. I like it. All right, that'll do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow to give you a little divisional playoff round preview along with uh, touching on the next stop on the PGA Tour. So it should be a fun episode. Check us out tomorrow. It'll be on your favorite listening platform. Otherwise, Joe, close us out. Catch you on the rebound.